And you are? That girl. That's not awfully PC. What about that person or that woman? Bruce, it's me, Barbara. I found the Batcave. We gotta get those locks changed. She knows who we are. Guess we'll just have to kill her. Yep, we'll kill her later. We have work to do. Thank you for checking out the One Best Podcast. It's Batcast, or as Christian Bale likes to call it, Batcast. I am your host, Andrew Karachi, alongside... Andrew Quimby. For a second there, I thought you were about to say Robert Roth, because I'm so used to hearing that, like, from the older podcasts. But we didn't hear that, because... Yes, that's that's been a long time. <laughs> well, if you're listening to this, this is it's probably the first podcast you're listening to this year, I would think. Um, so, because this will probably yes. be uploaded on the 1st or 2nd of January. So, yay for that. First podcast of the year. And uh, the very, or the very last podcast as we're recording on New Year's Eve, the last podcast of 2020. So, let's talk about 2020 for a second. Now, um, it's been a very interesting year. You've had a um, you you had a virus that kind of shut everything down. You had a depression and all that kind of stuff. But some good stuff came from 2020, like the one best podcast, Batcast edition, right? Yes, the and birth of this new version of the show. The birth of the new Batcast. We reviewed Beware the Batman. No other podcast has done that. You can go back and check out our old arch- archives of uh, animated movies like Justice League Doom or Superman Red Sun, which was our very first review. We also uh, have... Superman Red Sun. I like yeah. that movie. It seems like just three months ago we reviewed that. But um, it probably was a little longer than that. But we, uh, we reviewed plenty of fun stuff in the past. And... This one we're reviewing today is, hmm. yeah. What are we reviewing today, Andrew? Because I, I don't today, even know how to say it. Today we are discussing Batman and Robin from 1997, the most difficult movie we've had to watch for this podcast so far. The, Bat, the Adventures of Batman and Robin? Were we talking about the animated series? No, I said... That's it, Batman and Robin. I know. I was kind of hoping that we wouldn't, we weren't going to be talking about this movie. I was hoping that something would change. Is, is, is there an actual show called The Adventures of Batman and Robin? Yeah, it's actually what the animated series got renamed. Oh, okay. They renamed it because they wanted uh, when they when they moved to like Fox Kids or whatever, they wanted Robin to be featured more in episodes. So they, because uh, he's not in every episode. Mm-hmm. And so they made a bunch of episodes with Robin in it. So they renamed it The Adventures of Batman and Robin. And they also gave them a new theme. Shirley Walker's theme. Okay. Interesting. But yeah, it was, um, this was a very hard movie to get into. I'll say that much. 
It was yeah, it was two hour movie. And I think they they jammed so much into this movie that didn't didn't need to be there and uh, Well we'll start f- with the we'll start with the positives. What did you like about it? Um Mr. Freeze's ice puns were amazing. Yeah, but you I know didn't, you didn't like it because it was good. You just you liked it because it was so ridiculous. Uh, I do enjoy puns, though. I love puns. But Mr. Freeze is not a pun, whatever. I guess he could be. He is in this version of Mr. Mr. This version of Mr. Freeze is a pun master. You know, for a guy who's kind of depressed about his wife, he sure seems to be very energetic and charismatic in this movie, didn't he? Yeah, he's a he's a very upbeat and positive person. Yeah, it seemed a little off. Like I said, I, before we went on air, I was saying like every character in this movie goes from zero to a hundred, and it, it, it's it's so odd. What do you think of? And we're jumping around a little bit, but uh, before I forget, that random mad scientist that they introduced that they killed off within five minutes. Yeah, they just yeah the random dude that invented. Bane, I guess, and <laughs> for what reason? Was, for he was gonna sell he him, was, right? Yeah, he was auctioning him off to a bunch of, I guess I don't know, just like rich dictatory people, and was just gonna he was just selling them Bane, basically. I'm a little confused about that whole that whole thing though. Was like, so he made this serum that like turns him into a hulking big dude, but like. Why does that just make him obey your orders? <laughs> because he, like, he was he was not a volunteer. He was, I think, some sort of criminal that they dragged in there and forced this operation on. Like he was not a willing participant in this, and yet you just give him the serum and he just turns into a willing slave, apparently. Well, it was venom. I don't know. That's all I got on that. Yeah, I, I yeah, it's it. But yeah, he was just—I don't know—super crazy, and then just murdered the poison ivy chick in so, like the we'll, worst we'll way possible. That, let's let's start from the beginning. I know I just wanted to get that your thoughts was basically on that the that that basically was the beginning. I don't know what you mean. Uh, no, the beginning was. Uh, them putting on their bat suits and we got to see some bat ass and bat nipples. And then um, Robin says, I want to drive the car. I want to drive the car. And I think Batman's like, this is why Superman works alone. Ha ha. Yeah, that was. eh. And then they do some ice skating fighting. Eskimo villains. That was the most painful. That was one of the uh, one of the incredibly painful moments. Is they like get knocked over and they're like, "Yeah, let's do this," and they just click their shoes together like freaking Wizard of Oz, and just skates pop out of the bottom of their shoes. Yeah. And then they just skate around and play hockey with all the villains for twenty minutes. Yeah. 
Seemed very Adam Westy, didn't it? This there was a lot in this movie that just had a very Adam Westy vibe to it. It's very weird. It's like I it's I think I don't know if that was what they were going for or like or like the, when they made this movie the the only like the person who was like directing it was like the only version of Batman they've seen was Adam West or something like that. Joel so that Schumacher. That, he did Batman Forever they, also. Yeah. And that movie was bad, but for other reasons. Yeah, this was a different. It's weird because like it's similar and yet this is a completely different movie than Batman Forever. I mean, how like, many they times just... are they going to recast Oof. Batman, by the way? I don't know. Like... I don't know why they have They feel the need that they have to constantly recast him all the time. So George Clooney is Batman. Um, he might be the biggest name at the time to play Batman. Do you think? Sure. George George Clooney was kind of a star before this, wasn't he? I have no idea. Well, I guess Ben Affleck would probably be the. If we're going, yeah, he's probably the biggest name at the time to play Batman, not got big because of Batman. Mm -hmm. Christian Bale, obviously he, he got huge because he was Batman, but before Batman, he did a couple of, you know, uh, other movies, but I would never consider him like a big Hollywood A-list actor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michael Keaton definitely was not. And I don't know about Val Kilmer, so I don't know much about him. Yeah, I don't either. But I'm going to talk some positives here. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that I didn't mind George Clooney as much as maybe some other people did. Um, The lines were awful, but I didn't think it was badly acted. Mm -hmm. Um, I did feel at times that this was Batman. At times. At times I felt. Most times I didn't, but um, I will say that there were a few scenes that I did like that, or didn't, no, like's the wrong word. I didn't hate. Um, when you had him and Robin arguing in the Batcave, and Batman then said, like, pretty much shut him down uh, and was, you know, the one in charge. He was hard on him. I like the fact mm-hmm. that he shut off his motorcycle when he told him he wasn't going to be able to make that jump. Yep. Uh, I thought that was something that Batman would totally do if someone's being Mm -hmm. disobedient with him. However, like you were saying earlier that what wasn't very Batman of him was him questioning his own decisions with Alfred, make humanizing him. Batman is probably the most unhuman human in the comic book world. Mm hmm. When he makes yeah, a decision, when, he's stubborn yeah. with it. Yeah, the the Batman way is the Batman way, and it is the correct way because he has decided that is the way. Yeah. Which so, I, I I don't like. I mean, yeah, I really didn't like that he like second guessed himself. Like, really, am I am I being stubborn? Like, no, that's just like that's who you are. It shouldn't be like. It's something uh, that I I could totally see like. Stephen Amell's Oliver Queen. I could see him second guessing his own decisions. Mm-hmm. 
And and that scene would have been fine if it was anyone other than Batman. But like yeah. Batman doesn't second guess his decisions. He never does. Mm-hmm. He rarely admits when he's wrong. Because Batman, Batman is an in a solo person who grudgingly will occasionally let someone come along. And like and like he's like Oliver Queen, like like Green Arrow, whatever. He is a team player. He'd rather work in a team. Because it's more effective that way for him to work in a team like that. I, I feel like if he's leading it, that is. Yeah, if he's he's the leader, obviously. But yeah, like he he works with backup better. Like he's open to backup and is willing to accept backup. And I feel like Batman was he he's like, nah, I'm I'm good on my own i don't need any backup but i guess if i really have to i guess i'll take another body out here yeah like i said if if you um eventually we're gonna have i think uh when we do uh some animated series episodes uh definitely uh robin's reckoning is just an episode that i feel like you could do a whole podcast on because of how how they did the Robin story so much better than any of these fucking movies ever tried. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So we have Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, who, like I said, I didn't think he was awful. It's just not, he's, I don't know. He came off very cartoonish. And maybe that's what they were going for. He was yeah, it almost funny. seemed he was like funny. I'll give him that. Like, I thought he was actually pretty funny. I think he did not come off as like, um, I mean, he was campy, but I, I felt like he was campy almost in a good way. Yeah. Like you see, it, it's that maybe that maybe that's what it is. They maybe they were going for like the cartoon appeal with this movie. Maybe. Because that would almost explain a lot. Because a lot of the things that happened here were very like cartoon style kind of things, which in live action seems off, but in cartoon form would have been perfectly fine. It's just weird because the animated series was out during this time and they told way more compelling stories. And they're geared towards kids. This movie was more well, somewhat family friendly, but I think it had a PG-13 rating. And so with that rating, I'm just surprised that they decided to make a, a live action campy cartoon. It's like, it's like Joel Schumacher has never seen a cartoon before or what a cartoon in the 90s was. Because mm-hmm. the 90s was, you know, that's probably the second golden era of animation. With the first being probably the, what was it, the 50s and 60s with Bugs Bunny and shit like that. 40s, 50s, like that time was probably the first okay. golden era. And then the 90s was like the 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 next generation of cartoons. Okay. And animation's been pretty much dead since like 2002. Hmm. Essentially. Before yeah. when all, before anime took over everything. But the um, it's just like I don't 
I don't think he's ever watched a cartoon. I feel like he still thinks it's Bugs Bunny or something, but I I don't know. I guess I'm trying to stay positive on the stuff I liked before we start bashing it, but it's really hard because there's just not a lot of good in this movie. It's a lot of bad. A lot of awful. At at its core, like, story-wise, it's not the worst story. I just feel like it wasn't executed in the best way. And like it, it, it was... had the same, it had the same stories. Batman Forever. It's just like, why do they feel like they always have to take these villains, team them up, and uh, and they're always trying to take over the world? Yeah, zero to a hundred, and I'll give you, I'll give you a perfect example of it. And I haven't even talked about Poison Ivy yet because she was zero to a hundred the entire movie. Mister mm-hmm. Freeze, when he found out. That Nora Freeze, I don't even know if that's what her name was in this movie, but his wife, when she got unplugged or whatever, and Ivy blamed Batman. Batman killed her. And then he's like, oh, kill the world. Like, what? It's just like zero to 100. Like, he just believed her. Because first he said, you lie. No, I didn't. Then I'll kill everybody. Yes. And he's mm-hmm. now he's all happy and talking about all this world domination shit. It's like he didn't give a fuck about his wife. Like, if that happened in the animated series, he would have took a long time mourning that before he did his next move. Because his wife is everything to him. Yeah, it almost, it almost, that was like one of his, like, Mr. Freeze's big personality points, where they kind of did it, but I feel like they really missed that, like... They did. His wife is his entire life. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's doing this all for her. But then they kind of didn't make him act like it. Right. He seemed like he was more concerned about. They didn't even introduce his wife until almost halfway through the movie. Mm -hmm. It's like in the animated series in in, uh, Heart of Ice, they opened up the episode with uh, that that ballerina dancer or whatever or that the snow globe thing and him kind of being very poetic about his uh his state and being and his wife and everything like that so you you knew going into it that the tone was going to be very dark and very mm-hmm. depressing because mr freeze is a very depressing character he's motivated from everything he does is for his wife or revenge yeah. For his wife. We saw it in Sub-Zero. Which I think is a very underrated. Underrated movie. I thought it was actually pretty damn good. But it gets kind of mixed reviews. And we saw it in that. That Mr. Freeze story. How his wife got. um, Was back to normal. And how he's just decided. That he was going to stay. Quote unquote dead. But he'd still come and check up on her. Mm Mm-hmm. Because to him, that's all he ever wanted, is her to be alive. He doesn't care about himself. He wants her to be alive. Yeah. Not not that where he could once again reunite with her. He's never, he's never said anything that that's what he wants. Because to him, it's not about what he wants. It's what she needs. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's where they missed the point. They missed it. They just missed it. I I think they were trying it, but they missed it. 
I feel like Schumacher saw a saw commercial for Heart of Ice or something like that because Heart of Ice was already out by this point, and mm-hmm. he might have saw he didn't probably never saw the episode, but saw the the life in the snow globe thing and just like thought he was a genius. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell he was smoking when he made this, but it's just like everything's a miss. Um, now let's talk about the best character of the movie, uh, Poison Ivy. Um, that was facetiousness, by the way. Um, so she gets created by that mad scientist by dumping a bunch of shit on her. And then she comes out as this, like, I guess, uh, fucking sex symbol, Poison Ivy thing. I don't know what the hell she's supposed to be. But Yeah, like... Did she actually have like powers? She could control. Um, I don't think she did. She had that. no because she, she was able. She was making like a pheromone thing because she could only do that when she had like the pads on her hand and she would blow the pads or something like that, or she blew it out of her compact the one time. So it's not something she was producing out of her body. Like she was like making it on the side and prepping it. So it's not like the control mind controlling thing unless I don't know it just made her like super plant smart I guess or something. Yeah, because she wasn't controlling the plants. No her hands or anything. Yeah, I I don't know. It's strange. I will say um you probably didn't catch this, but when they did the charity dinner part and they were introducing poison ivy like this is when she was being introduced to the public and the song that was being played that the it was just music but it went on for a long time i don't know if you noticed that Mm -hmm. Uh, because that went on longer than they normally ever do especially a song with no lyrics now that song they were playing is the song called poison ivy by the um coasters originally with that song and um i didn't i never recognized it when i first saw it but when i rewatched it because i know that song and Mm -hmm. i was like that's cool that's the poison ivy song Hmm. because they did a they did a song about poison ivy back in the 60s yeah Hmm. interesting See, you always notice the music things. Uh-huh. I also noticed that they use the same theme from Batman Forever. But it's pretty... They, they, it is a conti- almost a continued story from Batman Forever, so... Yeah. Well, I mean, in Batman Returns, they use the same music from Batman 89. Yeah. I almost consider, like, Batman Returns and Batman... Uh, and Batman 89 kind of like their own universe and Batman forever. And this is kind of their own universe. Yeah. They're pretty, they've got almost a hard line between them. The only difference is Alfred is the same and commissioner Gordon's the same. Mm -hmm. So, so I just, I I do want to say though, she really has, well, she does have a power. She, she can poison people by kissing them. Oh, yeah, she's got that thing. I forgot that. She's got poison venom in her. 
Mm-hmm. But so she's poisonous. Yeah. But I will say, like the doctor, so he tried to kill her by dumping a couple tablefuls of chemicals all over her. Yeah. And like that—that that was her lab, and not even his lab. How did he know that those chemicals were even gonna kill her? I don't know. Well, did it start on fire? Or was that later? I think that, that was later. Res- was that I don't know. It like it like. It like yeah, like I don't know. It like melted a big hole in the ground, and she just like fell into the earth, and then popped up a little bit later. Okay, I will say that the um, there was a line that Bruce said that was uh, kind of a throwaway line, but I kind of had an issue with it. They they were talking about the scientist, and Bruce said, um, "Yeah, he was let go from uh, Wayne Industries because he's he's a mad scientist." Actually, I'm surprised that his lab blew down. I'm surprised you were able to make it out in time. Like, he knew she was in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it would be like, that would be a dead giveaway if this was Batman, right? Yeah, like, he should have, like, he, he should have made, made that connection. connection. That you should have not been, you should not be alive. So there's something mm-hmm. wrong here. And then when Poison Ivy was introduced, he should have made the connection right away. Yeah. Did they ever even really make that connection? No. Not that it even really matters. Pam Isley. But like, even okay, so even if they did know who she was originally, it's not like it really changed anything. It doesn't matter. Yeah, because it wasn't like. That character doesn't even matter in this movie. This uh, mm-hmm. Poison Ivy character is more important. Yeah. And another thing, when did po- I, I understood that Poison Ivy? She's an environmentalist. When did she become a feminist? When she be- got started wearing her like next to nothing sexy outfits. Apparently, she just got empowered by her feminine wiles. Because she I, was I just know. she was cliche the entire movie. Every line of hers was just cliche to me. Every, mm. every, it, she just, she just fit the build of your typical feminist villain or your feminist bad guy. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with feminism or anything like that. That's fine. But it's like, be creative with it. Like, we can go back to Batman forever. Um, there was a big difference between the Riddler and the Two-Face. The Two-Face. The Riddler and Two-Face. And Riddler, even though he had kind of a a very rushed backstory, he at least had one that somewhat made sense. Yeah. And he was, and he didn't always do what you ex- were expecting him to do. Mm-hmm. And Two-Face, well, I... We'll just say the character itself was very entertaining. It just wasn't yes. what Two Face is. Anyways, yeah. Right, but you knew like he wasn't cliche. He did some creative and fun things. I, I know we talked about it last week, but the scene in in Wayne Manor where he's just flipping a coin, waiting for the result, that that was good. Mm-hmm. That was good writing. Yep. But 
then we go to this shitstorm of a movie, and Poison Ivy is just, I don't know, why her anyways? Like, I, uh, you did the female villain with Catwoman, and but that one worked. Yeah, maybe they were just trying to like, they're like, oh, that Catwoman thing really worked in that one movie. Let's just try like, let's try throwing another female villain in here. Like, uh, who who do we got? Uh, plant lady. Yeah, let's go with that plant lady. I guess she was kind of popular in the animated series, but I mean, it could have been worse. We could have got Harley Quinn and it probably would have been a train wreck. Mm-hmm. That's like another thing I, I hear from a lot of uh, people that aren't really familiar with Harley Quinn. They always ask about, you know, the Batman, the Jack Nicholson Joker. Well, how come there was no Harley Quinn with them? Oh, uh, because she wasn't invented yet. She wasn't created yep. yet. Mm-hmm. She came from the end. I think she was created in 92. Mm hmm. By Bruce Tim. Yep, 92, 93, something like that. Yeah, I think she appeared in the like second Joker episode or third Joker episode. Because she wasn't even in the first like Joker episode in the animated series. Hmm. But, ah, God. So, what else we got here? Um, I do, okay, I have, I have a wonderful Gotham question for you. Sure. Based on this Batman movie universe, yeah. who is the richest man in Gotham? You'll never get this answer. In the Gotham universe? or In this in... movie right now, who do you think is the richest person? Because there's, there's a very obvious answer. The richest person in this city is the guy who built statues. Huh. Because the statue, the city is built on top of statues. I don't know if you caught that, but I, the entire city is just full of like 20 story statues. Like they're living in like the observatory at the end of the movie was being held up by a giant statue. They were driving on giant statues. The roads were held up by giant statues. When they were yeah. on the streets, there was giant statues. I don't think there was a scene in this movie that did not have a giant statue in it. <laughs> this city <laughs> was made of giant statues. <laughs> Whoever makes the giant statues is the richest man in Gotham because he's built half the city. (laughs) (laughs) Probably more than half the city. Like, frankly, it's, it's, it's a weird thing, but when you realize it and you actually like, I feel like you have to, like, if you look at the backgrounds instead of the foregrounds, like when things are happening, when they're just showing like the city, like when they're like the chase with Mr. Freeze and like that. And you like, look in the background, you realize like, there's like skyscrapers with like giant statues leaning up against them. And it's just as big as the skyscrapers. And like they drove up like through a giant thing and went down, drove down an arm of a giant statue for like two minutes. So it was a massive statue that they were just driving down the arm of like, it's just, 
I don't know. I, I, it was really cool, actually. I don't know. It's a, it's, it was a weird, like, aesthetic choice thing, but it looked really cool. So let's talk about um, Elfric for a second here. Um, I'm not even going to talk about the disease because it, it turned out to be absolutely nothing. I thought he died. That's, I clearly wasn't watching the movie, I guess. But, um, <laughs> again... For the, what, fourth movie, or three out of the last four movies we've seen, he gives away Batman's identity again. (laughs) Like, what is wrong with this guy? Uh, He is the worst. How has he not been fired? He is the worst. This is the worst Alfred. I can tell you the reason why he hasn't been fired. In the movie, he was sick for like two weeks. Maybe you, it might even have been less than that. And it looks like the house like fell apart. Like the house was a disaster zone. And they, and there was just like empty pizza box. I think there's like empty pizza boxes everywhere. Cause apparently nobody knows how to cook without Alfred. And none of them eat pizza. I don't know. It just, it's really, I feel like Batman Robin's a pizza, pizza person. I feel like Robin is a pizza person. Robin and the college chick. Those two ate lots of pizza, I would she assume. She was barely there. Yeah. She, was, she kept leaving the movie to go get acting lessons or something. Yeah. She'd leave in the middle of the movie to go somewhere. We never know where she went. It doesn't even matter where she went because we don't care where she went. And then she comes back and then gives us some mm. crap about how uh, I can't believe that you're going to make him clean up after you. Blah, 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 blah. And then uh, Robin would respond with, I want a Robin signal in the sky. Why is it Batman and Robin? It should be Robin and Batman. Both these characters, I would have been totally fine if they, they should have been the ones that fell off the the helicopter instead of Joker in the first movie. Batman should have uh, put them against the giant, or back grappled them to the giant statues. (laughs) Jesus. Uh... No, you, if if he tried that in this movie, they would have just rode the statue to the ground like a surfboard, and they would have been completely fine. Yeah, very true. Because because that's how this movie's physics work. But like I said, again, he's giving out Batman's identity, and then made her a freaking bat suit. <laughs> this this Alfred's hobby is just making bat suits for people. He's like creating his own little bat army. Like the male, the Batman male person just like knocks on the door. He's forced to take care of both of these people now. Yeah. I just feel like the the male person just like knocks on the door and he goes, Oh, you found out that he's Batman. I've made you a bat suit, mailman. You're now male person, Batman. It's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And, I understand it's a movie and stupid shit happens, but it's just like, and any, if this was the real world, he would have been fired. Especially like in the first movie, he just lets Vicky Vale into the bat cave, even though that she pretty much knew he was Batman anyway. So it wasn't, that wasn't really the, that really wasn't the worst thing in the world, but he didn't even attempt to try to cover up his identity. The second one, I don't think he was, he wasn't, he was barely in the second movie, wasn't he? Yeah. 
yeah, don't he wasn't him in the Hulk. much in that. Yeah, second. I don't remember. Yeah, Other than the the uh, when him and um, Catwoman kept coming up with excuses to leave the house and they kept using Alfred to be the translator. That that mm-hmm. was actually a pretty good scene. But yeah, that the, was funny. Uh, and then the third movie, he practically lets Robin into the Batcave. Mm-hmm. And then gives him a fucking Robin suit. Not just that, the absolute uh, worst security uh, system I've ever seen in a Batcave. Intruder alert. Here, steal the Batmobile. Yeah, he really needs to work on security. Well, nobody broke in the Batcave in this uh, this movie. Well, she did. Oh, yeah, she did, technically. She just walked down there and was smiling. Yeah, and she just co- walked down there, and then the alarm started going off, and then she's and it was, she just said her name, and she's like, oh, you're approved then, because I've yeah, decided you're allowed down here. The the ghost of not dead Alfred talked to her. Yep. And made her a suit during this time that he didn't even know she was going to be there. Yeah, apparently. When did he have time to make this suit? He clearly made it when he was healthy, not when he was sick. And how did he know that she was going to show up there? She did. He didn't. She showed up unannounced. It turns out that there's actually a second cave next to the back cave. It's just the Alfred cave, and it's just full of, like, 20 billion suits that fit everybody. Because he just makes suits constantly in his spare time. Yeah. So I know there's a lot of people that like this Alfred. Um, I don't. This is a bad Alfred. And it's not the acting or anything like that. It's just he's written so bad. Mm-hmm. It's just like, like yeah, it's just like he's not it it definitely doesn't he it's not like he's there to he doesn't feel like he's helping Batman. This Alfred doesn't feel like he's helping. This Alfred just feels like he's just like trying to get his make trying just trying to make as many people Batman as possible. <laughs> like he's just trying to throw people at the problem and that'll make things better for some reason. Yeah. He just wants uh, he just wants everyone he knows to be a bad person. I don't know why. I don't I don't know. I will say that um I did chuckle a little bit when um she did first show up or whatever and um Robin even said, "Well, she knows who we are. We're going to have to kill her." And Batman's like, "We'll kill her. We'll, um let's let's get this done first and then we'll kill her." Like, like, I was... We'll kill her later. We have to take care of this first. Yeah. I actually chuckled at that. I thought that was a good line. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Because it is something that I could see Batman saying. Mm-hmm. We'll kill her later, but right now we have to get this done. <laughs> I was envisioning Kevin Conroy's Batman saying that, and I could see him saying that. So, yeah, it, appro- it appro- I approve of that. See, and it's like, that's one of those, like, dry humor things. Like, that's Batman's humor. Like, the dry, dark humor. Like, that's the humor hey, that Batman do you has. Have a, do you have a Robin over there? Because I hear some whining. 
I, I think there's someone walking in front of my house, so my dog is freaking out. <laughs> it was a joke. <laughs> you must have, uh, who played? Chris O'Donnell must be over for New Year's Eve, huh? I, I'm That's not what it sounded sure. like. <laughs> is that the person who played Robin? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know names, man. The, the, the 25-year-old, 16-year-old. Yeah, like, I will point out, I did, I looked it up, and so in the last movie, when he first showed up, he was actually exactly 25 years old in that movie. And back in forever? Guessed, yep, I guessed his age correctly. I That, that was my guess, too. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, I looked it up, and I'm like, I did the math, I'm like, nope, yep, he is exactly 25 years old. Like, he just, uh, he doesn't look like a person who should be Robin. He's a little too old. Yep. Now, how old was Val Kilmer? I can I can figure it out. I guess you can just look at how old he is now and then do the subtraction. Yeah, that's that's basically. basically he was made what twenty five years ago. Give or take. Yeah, let's just find. So while he's figuring fifty nine, so forty forty six. He was forty six when he played Batman. Because it was nineteen nineteen fifty nine. He was born. So he was close to 50 years old when he played Batman? Yep. That doesn't seem right. He'd be like 75. He'd be in the 60s right now. You sure your math's right? Well, he was born in 1959. You said he's 59 now, right? No, he he was born in 1959. So 60... Oh, 30. 36. Okay. Okay, that I, sounds better. Thirty-six. There you go. Live math on air. This is this. Yeah. Yeah. So he was about nine years older than, um, or eleven years older than Robin. Yeah, it's very. doesn't make a lot of sense yeah they ah, that was just a, such a poor casting choice how old is um how much older is your dad compared to you again we're, we're gonna do math here uh your dad now 20, we can figure it out. 23 years 22 years so your dad Something was like 23 when you were born I believe so, 22 or 23, something like that. See, that seems normal. My dad was 32, I believe, when I was born. So now when uh, Batman's son was born, uh, Bruce was 11 in this in this movie. <laughs> 
Because yeah. Dick, Gra- Dick Grayson is his son, essentially. I mean, he raised them. Mm-hmm. Well, not in this, not in these movies, because he doesn't do anything to teach them any, teach him anything. He didn't do anything in Batman Forever. He wasn't. I will say one thing: is the one criticism we had, well, of the many criticisms of Batman Forever, was Batman wasn't doing anything the entire movie. And this one, he was actually trying to stop Mister Freeze actively through the whole movie. Oh yeah, he was. He was doing things. He they even set a trap for him. Yeah. With the whole charity auction thing, they laid a trap for him to lure him in, which would have worked out probably if Ivy hadn't showed up and screwed it up. Bat credit card never leave the Bat Cave without it. I feel like that that was. I feel like okay. I feel like that is. I feel like that was a joke because I feel like. Do you vaguely remember the commercial? That was like the MasterCard commercial. Like, I feel like yeah. that was like one of those big commercials around the time. So yeah. I feel like it, at the time it was a, it was a hilarious joke. joke. Yeah, I feel like it was a hilarious joke at, the, joke at the time. But like, if you're, it's not funny anymore because like it's not relevant anymore. It's kind of like if you go back and watch old South Park episodes and you don't know what the heck they're referencing and they don't make a lot of sense and they're just weird. It kind of feels like that. Yeah, but that ages your movie when you do that. Yeah, I'm saying they should not do that. Right. Okay. It was a poor decision. Yeah, because we you should never do watched, a joke like that. We watched like Batman that. 89, and other than the music difference, the movie has aged pretty well. Yeah. Because the story's good. And the acting's good. But they don't they're not making jokes that were going on from nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. Like it all it all was pretty like like not very time specific. It was all pretty general stuff. There's nothing that like like really dated it. No. Other than the prince music. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that was just a much better laid out movie in general. I know. I wish we watched that one again instead. <laughs> yeah. This 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 movie was just so long too. It was two hours, and I feel like they could have cut half an hour of that, and just cut so much of the random like the random nonsense of this movie, and it could have just came out a lot better. Sure. Those those ice henchmen that Freeze had. What? Why? Like, why were they working for him? Was he paying them? He was probably paying them in diamonds, since he just apparently they just stole diamonds constantly, and he fueled his suit with diamonds. So they probably just got paid in diamonds. So they were probably very well paid. And the one cop that was. Um harassing him in prison not the dude with the sunglasses on but the the uh, the bald guy i don't Mm -hmm. know if it's me and i should have looked this up but it it, that guy totally sounded like jesse ventura i who was that wow 
Jesse Ventura was a uh, professional professional wrestler from the 80s that um, ended up leaving wrestling, went into acting, and then became the governor of Minnesota. In Wait, the what? Late 90s, he was the governor of the of, of Minnesota. Huh. And now he is he's a conspiracy theorist. He had a couple of TV shows about conspiracy theories and stuff like that. And he he lives in he lives out of the country with no phone, no nothing, because he doesn't want to be found. Because he thinks the government's coming after him all the time. He must have seen some I just, fucking weird shit when he was governor. So I, I just looked it up real quick, and yes. It is Jesse Ventura? Yep. Oh, I nailed it. <laughs> you did. It I, I, like I, I looked him up, and yep, he's a Arkham Asylum guard. Yep, yep. I was like, that sounded so much like Jesse Ventura. <laughs> it didn't really look like him. I was, I, I was trying to see, but it sounded like him. Because he has a really distinct voice, and it it seemed kind of weird that he got that the Arkham Asylum uh, guard got so many speaking parts. Yeah, they the, those two guards got a surprising amount of screen time for no relevance whatsoever. Well, because it was Jesse Ventura. That's the only reason. It's like when, you know who Stone Cold Steve Austin is or heard of him? Yes. He did a, uh, when he did, one of his first movies was The Longest Yard. He was in, he was a a person in that movie. And he was just a a random prison guard, pretty much. But Mm. he got surprisingly a lot of speaking parts. Most of it was just him saying the N-word. But like a lot of speaking parts of him calling Nelly the N-word. And that was like the um, the essence of all he did in that movie. Can you, how imagine that your first time in the acting business, and they're just gonna make you a racist? <laughs> Jeez, yeah, that's that's yeah, the straight up racist who just drops the end bomb. Like, <laughs> oh god, I'm surprised he took that role. I'm sure he got paid for it. Oh yeah, I'm sure he got good money for that. That was the Adam Sandler movie, the um, the Longest Yard. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. seen it. Yeah, so that I think that was one of Steve Austin's first like movies he did after wrestling. He also did um, something with uh, the Expendables. He was in that, and then he did a couple of his own movies that were WWE film movies, but. I don't really count those because they're not really real. Nobody's watching those except for wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. But, like, no, I'm sure you've never seen The Condemned. With that, Steve Austin. He was the, I don't think so, no. Right. Where it, it's, it's pretty much uh, what they do is they take all these criminals and rapists and crap like that and they throw them all is on Is that the island. Battle Island? Battle Island thing. Yeah. I almost watched that once and then didn't. Well, it's not awful. Like, it's fine mm-hmm. for what it is. Um, the idea, I was interested in the idea of it, 
by putting all these criminals on an island and making it almost like reality TV. And then the winner gets a uh, pardon. Yeah. But you have to kill everyone on the island. Surprisingly, do you know who I feel like has done very well as an actor? Um, Batista. Well, yeah, he got the Guardian of the Galaxy role. Yeah, he and, actually, and even, even he beyond wrestling that. wrestling because of that. Mm-hmm. Like, even other things, though. He's been in a bunch of other movies, too. And he just, he obviously plays a pretty similar role, but he does it very well. For now. I mean, he'll get better, too. He's still very green at this. He's only been doing it for a few years. Yeah. Um, like the rock used to get typecasted to roles too. And then he's the biggest movie star right now living. He makes the most money out of any other movie star. Really? Yes. For what? What has he even done recently? He's in everything, dude. I feel like I haven't seen him. He was in, like, what, the like the Jumanji remakes? That's the only other thing I can think of that he's been in recently. Well, he did all the Fast and Furious. He did the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, they, yeah, um, I forgot about that. Yeah, they did the Hobbs. And he even did some smaller oh. films, like uh, what he did, Central Intelligence or whatever, a couple years ago. I mean, oh, he's... Yeah. He's literally in everything. He also had a TV. He has a TV show on uh, HBO, The Ballers or whatever, where he plays oh. a sports agent. Hmm. Okay. He's he's literally in everything. I don't know. He's I've the always... number one. He's the number one grossing movie actor right now. That's funny because I've always looked at him as a terrible actor. Really. He's yeah. He plays the same role in everything I've ever seen him in. He's played a yeah, but he plays a lot of variety of. He's he's got a lot of charisma. So he's the he's the meathead with the heart of gold. That's that's what he plays. And he always starts off like as as a terrible person, and by the end of the movie, he realizes he was wrong, and he's that turns out to be a nice person. Not necessarily. He wasn't. That wasn't what he was in Jumanji. That's because he wasn't even playing himself in Jumanji. He was playing another character. <laughs> right, but I'm. Yeah, I know. But yeah. I mean, like, and then yeah, Central Intelligence. That was his role to it. No, he was. Uh, he was a. He was good the entire movie. He just. Uh, he was trying to prove his innocence. But he he plays the comedic. He does a pretty good comedic role. Like he did that movie with um, who's that other actor that's uh, shit. What's his name? He um, he's also in Jumanji. Yeah, yeah. Central Intelligence isn't that the one? The Chris Rock. No, not no, Chris. not Chris Rock. No, that's the wrong one. Um. Yeah, it's that's the guy that's in Central Intelligence with him. They're both, yeah, he's in both movies. Yeah, but yeah, he plays the he plays the straight guy, and he normally doesn't. He usually plays kind of like the the zany, wacky one in most of the movies he does. And um, the Rock plays the wacky one in their movies, so that was kind of the interesting thing with him. He's also doing uh, he's also doing a superhero movie now too. 
forget which one. I think it's a DC movie. He's the in uh, the the new yeah the new Shazam movie that's supposed to be coming out. Oh. He got cast as Black Adam. They're doing another Shazam movie. Yeah. I mean, why not? The first one was good. Yeah. Actually, I thought it's probably been one of the better ones we've seen in a while. I thought it was probably twice twice as good as Aquaman. And Aquaman was pretty was solid. It wasn't great, really? but it was it was solid. Yeah. I, I thought, thought Shazam was I thought Shazam good. was a complete a complete move. No, I thought Aquaman they were holding a lot of stuff off. Like the the sequel supposed it seems like it's gonna be the bigger movie. Mm-hmm. And that's that's I always have that that's always an issue with me with movies is when they when they plan to do a couple of them and the first movie seems like incomplete or a movie seems incomplete. Like the Pirates of the Caribbean, for example, the second Pirates movie. It just ended like randomly, like stay tuned for part three. I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't like when they do that in movies. Every movie should be able to be watched without having to watch the first one or the second one. They're movies. They're not. It's not a TV show. Um, case in point, the Christopher Nolan Batmans, which we're going to be reviewing next. Every one of those movies can be watched without watching the other ones. They're all individual movies. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I don't really watch any of the Marvel movies, but I've heard that's been the the problem that they're having right now is that their movies seem like they're because they're, they're so well connected with each other that they're um that you're that it's almost feels like more of a a tv show than it does movies they don't they don't seem good yeah, that's as individuals become, because they when they originally the whole this whole thing like all the movies were perfectly fine standalone movies and then as everything slowly collided you kind of had to see the older movies to understand the newer movies, but then they didn't really, they just assumed everyone saw those movies. And if you didn't, you just kind of don't know things, I guess. Yeah. Because the only one I've seen is I saw the first Iron Man movie. Uh, I think I, I did watch Dr. Strange. That one I kind of liked. And then, um, and then I saw, uh civil war so i skipped a ton right i just went and saw civil war in the theaters i didn't know what the hell was going on yeah civil war is a hard one too because it's literally like a conjoining of so many different stories and it's a captain america movie Mm -hmm. but it's not really a captain america movie that's i don't know because there's too many i i got no problem that was a very good movie though for yeah. the record. <laughs> the fight the fight scenes were cool. I like the idea behind it. No, no. That is a that the effects in that movie are amazing. Like that tunnel scene where they're running super fast through the tunnel, amazing. I watched a thing where the stunt person was talking about how they did all that and it's it's super interesting. So when they were doing the, I was talking with my friend earlier about that. And um, 
back when Marvel and DC, they used to do a lot of projects together. And um, there was a scene, I guess, in Civil War where I think he was fighting Captain America or whatever, and he was analyzing his fight patterns and so he can cu- calculate a, def- a defense for it or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. They did, this, they did the same thing when um, Batman fought him. Batman fought Iron Man in the comics long time ago, back when they used to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. And when he was calculating his fighting style, Batman changed it. Hmm. So he wasn't able to calculate anything because Batman would just change his fighting style. He changed it like four times. And then he eventually just destroyed Iron Man's suit. And then his fight with, uh, I don't know, there's this guy on YouTube that um, he he just has like these random videos, like five times Batman's killed someone or blah, blah, blah. And he did, a, he did one to uh, uh, 10 superheroes that Batman has defeated that you didn't know he fought. And uh, there was uh, the Hulk, um, Captain America, Iron Man. And I, uh, I think that was it. Like the ones that I didn't even know, because I didn't know they did joint shit. Because mm-hmm. you think about it now, and it just seems like totally something they would never do. But you got to remember, yeah. I mean, superheroes probably weren't even iconic yet. Mm-hmm. So they probably that was did back shit when the they time. could actually like. That was back when they could actually like play with their characters, and they weren't locked into their worlds. Right. But there was some, I guess he, he fought Captain America and I guess their fight went on for like three or four days straight. And it was all over a misunderstanding. (laughs) Cause I guess Captain America came into Gotham or something like that. They even did some crossovers with Ninja Turtles and stuff like that too. But uh, there was one video I found very interesting five times that Darkseid has died. So you see a video title like that, you have to click it, right? Okay. So he's died twice in the Justice League animated series. And I didn't know, I didn't realize he died in the first one and that, but his, he blew up with his planet. And I knew that, but I figured that he got away because he shows up later. Well, well, what happened was Lex Luthor actually resurrected him on accident because he he is he's still a demigod so he can after he gets killed he can be resurrected hmm. um the other there was uh one of the times I was very surprised Batman killed Darkseid. okay freaking Batman hmm. he shot him with this he he just caught him off guard and he shot him with this like this um Adam or some type of some something that just makes him just vulnerable pretty much some type of like it 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 uh when it gets into his like system and everything it just shuts him down and he was practically poisoned i guess huh but he just shot him in the head with it damn he somehow got got through 
onto a, he did it in Apocalypse. He somehow got to Apocalypse, was undetected, and got all the way to Dark Side, undetected. Damn. That was the most surprising one I saw. Because <clears throat> most of the times he's being killed, and then the other one was by Trigon. That one I knew because that just happened in the most recent Justice League film. The uh, Justice League War, or no, Justice League Apocalypse, Justice League Dark Apocalypse, or something like that. Because Raven um, releases Trigon from her necklace thing, and mm-hmm. Tri- Trigon and Darkseid have this never ending battle. Pretty much it was. Trigon's been trying to get released from Raven forever, and he he gave Raven his word that he wouldn't harm anybody. All he wants to do is he he wants to fight somebody pretty much. Like he just he was willing to help Raven because they were going to get murdered by Darkseid. All of them were, and uh, he she let Trigon out, and he kept his word. And then right before he entered in the he entered in a dimension with Darkseid, it was just going to be them two, like on this planet fighting f- until one of them dies, pretty much. And mm-hmm. he knew that it was going to be a long fight because Darkseid's a beast. And he he thanked Raven. He said, "It's the only thing a father would ever want." But that's in the new 52, the new 52 movies. Yeah. Yeah. Those are going to be fun movies to review because some are good and a lot of them aren't. Hmm. Because you got to think about what you know about the comics and from the source material and you have to erase it from your mind because it's they rewrote everything. Yeah. It's like their version of the Marvel Extended Universe. Yeah. But they did it. They did it in the animated verse. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, we did good in this. We did good in this podcast because we did all our tangents after we were done talking about this shit movie. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Because that's pretty much what this is. And bottom line is, uh, Batman and Robin's awful. Um, I will never recommend this to anybody. I I wouldn't even I the old saying is I wouldn't feed my dog this shit but like I wouldn't even make I wouldn't even make like prisoners prisoners of war I wouldn't even make them watch this movie because I feel like that'd be too inhumane. <laughs> So I might just put him to sleep. That worked on you. Yeah, I fell asleep through it. Um, but I made it through most of it. So like, I think I fell. I think I missed the final like ten minutes of it. Mm-hmm. And I woke up at the end. But yeah, it was bad. It, uh, everything about it. Uh, I, I'm sure we're missing parts, but I mean, like, seriously, if you're if you're listening to this review, you already know that this is a bad movie. So, yeah, it was, I, I don't know what was, else. You're, pr- you're was practically a, listening for entertainment purposes at this point. It was like a movie to get through. 
It was. I, I like. I think I texted you when I was five minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. And I I said that this is the reason why I don't own a firearm. Is this movie? I remember now. <laughs> because I wanted to be done with it when I was five minutes into it. And taking two hours, you know, out of my day to watch a movie I don't want to watch, um, especially during the work week, because I didn't have time on my off days to watch this. Cause I really, I, you know, I was mandatory. And so I had to watch this on one of my normal work nights where I usually am like playing video games or doing something different. And when I lose two hours like that, <laughs> I mean, realistically, by the time I get home, I only have about three hours before I'm, you know, going to bed to get ready for work. And I had to spend two of it watching this shit movie. <laughs> but I do it for you people. <laughs> so I was going to ask you, and I probably should have done this before we went on the show, but we'll discuss it on the show. Do you want to go ahead with the Christopher Nolan movies next? Or do you want to do a couple animated movies and then come back to it? I feel like we should just roll into the Christopher Nolan ones. Those ones, are, at least, are decent. Right. I just thought that maybe we would take a slight break from these live-action movies. And maybe... Because uh, I was thinking about maybe doing uh, Under the Red Hood. And get okay. the, and and do that one, and then Death of the Family, and then come back to uh, the Nolan movies, or we could do the Dark Knight Returns, which is what the um, so pretty much Christopher Nolan said that the inspiration for his movies was from Batman Year One and the Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if we should review those animated movies before we do these. Okay. Because they, I, I've only seen Batman Year One once, and from, I just watched a kind of a, a top ten review type thing, and it was rated number one of the animated movies. I think the only reason why I didn't care for it the first time I saw it, and it came out back in, like, I think, 20, 2011 or something like that. But I think the reason why I didn't get into it was because Kevin Conroy does not voice Batman. And it was really, really weird for me. It was the first time ever watching a Batman movie without Kevin Conroy. Hmm. So I was immediately turned off by it. But they say it's an outstanding film. And then The Dark Knight Returns, which is very, very good. So I think we should do those two films before we do the Nolan movies. Okay. And then after the Nolan movies, we can do Under the Red Hood and um, uh, Death in the Family. Considering Death in the Family is the inspiration for Batman v Superman. Hmm. Because Death in the Family was a very is a very is one of the iconic Batman stories. Okay. Oh, yeah, we a uh, killing joke too, but um, killing joke w- they they say killing joke had something to do with the dark night, the dark night movies. But the Batman Begins was heavily inspired by Batman Year One 
and the dark knight returns was heavily inspired for uh the dark knight rises And Batman v Superman, but Batman v Superman clearly, uh, Snyder, whatever his name is, has never read a Batman comic other than The Dark Knight Returns. And if that's your only source of material, you miss the point of what Batman is. Batman's not just, uh, you know, edgy and murdery and all that type of stuff. Because in The Dark Knight Returns, he doesn't kill anybody, but he gets a little murdery. Like, he doesn't actually kill anybody, but he does, like, some stuff where he might have killed somebody. Yeah. Those, like, eh, they may be dead, they may not be dead, but, like, either way, not like they're, in not, the dark they're not walking away from this. Yeah, there, there's the thing where he he breaks this guy's legs or whatever. He He beats the shit out of this guy so badly where he's bleeding everywhere and everything like that thing. And he's telling them that he needs information out of them. And he's like, you're going to tell me the information because I'm the only one that's going to get you to the hospital in time to save your life. <laughs> yeah. That's a little murdery, honestly. Yeah. That's something he wouldn't do in his early days. Yeah. That'd be called, that would be crossing the line, but the, the dark Knight returns. He's been retired from Batman for, I want to say 10 or 15 years and the city gets so bad that he decides to come back at 60. Damn. And that's what brings the Joker back too. Batman is voiced by RoboCop. The actor who plays really? RoboCop. Peter Weller. Is that his name? Yes. And then the um, Joker is voiced by, um, I don't know his name, but the actor who played um, Benjamin Linus in Lost. Really? Yeah. He was also an Arrow, but I think that was after you stopped watching. Okay. I know who you're as, talking about, though, yeah. As Caden James. And he was in the show Evil as, like, a demon. But... <laughs> But he's yeah, a, I, he's always a bad guy. <laughs> but mm-hmm. he voices the Joker. A very good job too. Like I was surprised how good he was. Hmm. But The Dark Knight Returns is a two-part movie. Um, I don't know if we should do we should split it up or if we should just do it all at, at once. Because the first part is uh, him coming back, and the second part is the Joker and Superman's in it too. Mm-hmm. Interesting. His fight with Superman, so fucking. Crazy. I don't know. We'll we'll figure that out eventually. But yeah. Uh, so next week, I think want to do Batman Year One. Sure. Okay. So that. next week we'll do Batman Year One, the animated movie that came out. I want to say in 2011. Um, and then we'll do Dark Knight Returns, and then we'll come into the Christopher Nolan movies to finish off February. January and February. Okay. But with that, uh, um, I'm Andrew Cracci alongside... Andrew Quimby. 
and hopefully you guys have a new a good new year hopefully you didn't get into a a drunk driving accident as dead and unable to listen to this show because you know we don't really have that many people listening to begin with and if we lose you because you were stupid and got drunk and drove into a snowbank and killed yourself well then you know i feel bad that we lost you as a listener with that stay tuned next week batman year one have a great bat year what killed the dinosaurs the ice age